The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1979, Episode 2. In this episode, we will cover February 16th through March 26th. Meanwhile, back in New York City on February 16th, four days after his first encounter with John Lennon, Beatles fan Paul Gorish, after rescheduling the phony VCR repair appointment, came back to the Dakota today to meet his hero. Scheduled another appointment with Lennon's secretary. She had no idea that Lennon no longer had a problem with his VCR. He simply purchased a new one. Unaware, Paul and another friend arrived at the Dakota. They found Lennon in his first floor office. This time, Paul Gorish brought a camera. He was real friendly and cordial. And he said, I want to apologize to you guys for my behavior the last time. He said, but I wasn't mad at you guys. He said, I was mad at my secretary. And I almost wanted to tell him at that point, well, you know, it wasn't her fault either because I'm just a fan, but I still wanted to get my book signed. Come on. Uh, actually, last time I was here, I, I brought a copy of your book with me, and I, uh, I have it with me now. I was wondering if maybe you'd, you'd autograph it. He says, I don't give autographs hardly anymore. He says, but I figure I owe you that much. And then he spots an Instamatic camera that I had. Oh, just one? No, I'm sorry. No photographs. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make a deal with you. I'll autograph your book if you don't take any photographs. All right? Have you got a pen? Yeah. Okay. Here's your book. Here's your pen. Here's your camera. And here's your box. Arriva Derci Roma. And I felt bad because, like, I knew that sure, was probably, I thought, was going to be the last time I saw him. But I knew I couldn't be a jerk, you know. I mean, he was real nice to me, and I had gotten what I really wanted to get. Thank you. 
Back in London on the morning of February 19th, Paul and his band Wings continue to work on tracks for their upcoming album at MPL's Replica Studios in Soho. According to Rolling Stone magazine, George Harrison was scheduled for a promotional interview for his upcoming self-titled album this afternoon. The interview with Rolling Stone is to take place at London's Polytechnic, a part of London's university that specializes in undergraduate and postgraduate degrees in engineering and technology. George was running a bit late as he stopped by McCartney's new replica studios in Soho, London, to tour and chat with his old bandmate. Upon arrival at London's Polytechnic campus, George is approached by Nicky Horn, a musical journalist for ITV's program Thames at Six. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the film, has just been released. Have you seen it yet? No, no, I'm not going to see it. Everybody tells me it's awful. Well, a lot of people have said it's awful. Um, I mean, the thing is, how much control, if any, did you have over it? I mean, the fact that it's We didn't awful. have any, any control. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of Beatles things, you know, like John Paul, Birds, Ringo, Ted, and right. Ringo. 
and Sergeant Pepper, all kinds of different things like that, which um, I think because the Fab Four were split, you know, and all over the world, then it was pretty easy for people just to go and do anything like that. But uh, all they needed was um, the songs, really, right. and uh, most of the songs were... Uh, were owned by ATV yeah. uh, music, so so it was pretty easy, you know, people yeah. to do that. But I don't think they're really supposed to do that. In fact, I think now we've just got together a, a group of people to go and sue them all. Splendid. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison then spoke with Mick Brown of Rolling Stone magazine. Mick first focused on George's new LP with questions like, when did you actually start work on George Harrison? And, so was the album prompted more by other people's expectations of you? A sense of obligation on your part rather than an inherent desire to make music again? George answered them this way, April 1978. Afterwards, I went to Warner Brothers in Burbank and spoke to three staff producers, Ted Teppelman, Lenny Waronker, and Russ Teitelman. I played them some demos of the tunes I'd written and said, Come on, you guys, give me a clue. Tell me what songs you liked in the past. What songs you didn't like. Give me a few ideas of what you think. And they didn't know what to say. Templeman said he liked Deep Blue, the B-side of Bangladesh, which was a bit obscure. Life I'm living, pray God help me. Give me your light so I So I went home and wrote a song with a similar sort of chord structure to that. Soft-Hearted Hannah. So in the end, I decided to work with Russ, who produced the first Little Feet album back in 1971. then proceeded to ask George about the Beatles. He asked Harrison if he had been in contact with McCartney, Lennon, and Starr. George responded by saying, Paul and Ringo I see from time to time, but John I haven't seen in a couple of years. I get postcards from him. It sounds like the Ruddles. He did say that we could still keep in touch with him, you know, by uh, tapping the table. And postcards. Yeah. Then Mick asked George if he listened to and liked the music Paul McCartney is making lately. Harrison responded this way. I think it's inoffensive. I've always preferred Paul's good melodies to his screaming rock and roll tunes. The tune I thought was sensational on the London Town album was I'm Carrying. Something 
Back in New York on the same day, Yoko Ono, who just turned 46 yesterday, received birthday wishes from caller Norman Seaman, whose wife Helen served as Sean's nanny. During their conversation, Yoko revealed that their personal assistant, Nishi Samaru, returned to Japan to get married, and she wondered if Norman knew of anyone. He did. He mentioned his nephew, Fred. That evening, Yoko interviewed him and hired Fred Seaman as John's personal assistant, effective immediately. When Yoko hired me, she described the job as uh, cooking brown rice uh, and answering the fan mail, and I learned that there was much more to it. Uh, it was a two-part job. Half of it was uh, hanging out with John, being his companion, spending his money, uh, being his conduit to the outside world. The other half was being downstairs in Yoko's office, answering the phones, opening the mail, and uh, doing uh, her paperwork. Once again, Fred Seaman. One of the first conversations we had was about politics. You know, I knew to steer clear of, of talking about the Beatles, but uh, I figured that was a subject that would be worth getting into. And, um, and we had amaz an amazing conversation. I think it was my second or third day there of politics. And John told me that if he were an American, he would vote for Reagan. Uh, because, you know, he was really sour on, uh, on Jimmy Carter, thought he was a phony. He'd met Reagan back, uh, I think, in the 70s at some sporting event or something, uh, and uh, he really enjoyed uh, meeting Reagan on a personal level. They got along well. You know, they, were, they were both, like, trading one-liners. The next day, on February 20th in America, Dark Horse Records released the LP, George Harrison. This is George's eighth solo studio album since leaving the Beatles. A lot of people said that it's one of the best things that you've done since uh, All Things Must Pass. Is that the way that you feel about it? I think it's, yeah, I think it's a good album. Um, I don't know, people were always uh, impressed by All Things Must Pass um, because I think mainly it was, they had a lot of energy because it was the first solo album from an ex-Beatle. I was right out of the Beatles. I had a lot of energy, a lot of songs which I really had to do. But I listened to All Things Must Pass while I was making this album. And there's a lot of things on it. I would I'd rather remix again, actually. <laughs> Sounds a bit dated. Well, I wish you luck with the new album. Thanks George, a lot. Thank you very Thanks. much. Thank Safe you. driving. Okay. Seatbelt. Love uh, comes to everyone. Something in your heart 
Yeah, there in your heart, something that's never changing. Well, that feeling is there in the heart. Actually, the heart is the part of the body where God resides. Are you talking about physical? I'm talking about yeah, physically. Really? Well, spirit, that's the physical position of in the body. If you look at the chart of of yo in yoga. There's these energy centers. Now there's the chakra at the heart, which is where the feeling of love comes from. You know, if you feel sick, you feel it in the chakra in the stomach. If you feel love, you feel it in the heart. And that's unchanging. The only thing that changes is the bodily condition. From the womb, you're a baby, and you're a boy, and you're a young man, and you're middle-aged. You turn into an old man, and you die. You know, you come out of this shape, this fetus bent over, and you come until you go up like this, and then you end up going bent over and you die. But the one thing that's remained the same all through it is that soul in the heart, that thing comes from life to death to life to death. Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita says, there's never a time when we weren't, and there'll never be a time when we cease to be. The only thing that changes is bodily condition.
Well, not guilty then. That's kind of a segue into that. Right. Yeah. Well, I wrote that right after we got back from the Himalayas with Maharishi. I got back a bit later than everybody else. They all split and started Apple. And I got back and it was like a madhouse. In fact, to this day, it's still trying to untangle it. But that time, John and Yoko would just got together. They had some guy throwing the I Ching every 10 minutes. You know, oh, we're having a business meeting. Well, let's throw the I Ching, you know. And the place was just full of lunatics. And so it was around that time. And it was really about John Paul Apple. Yeah, I'm not guilty for uh... looking like a freak, making friends with every Sikh. You know, they're those guys with the turbans, yeah. the Indians. Also about, uh, I'm sorry that you're underfed. Well, that was just something to rhyme with said. Oh, I see. <laughs> Wait, what, what, five minutes ago you were telling us you don't put anything in there if it's not real? Oh, yeah, but it's true. Who's, there's a lot of people underfed. You know, that, in a way, is like the story of the first time I went to India. I, I felt guilty that um, I didn't have a hump on my back or leprosy. You know, because you see all these people and you think, oh, God, what is, it's awful. And then you start looking at yourself and you're rich and handsome and healthy. You know, I felt bad about that. And then I realized karma, that's it. Look out, kid, it's something you did, God knows when, but you're doing it again. It's your own karma. So, you know, I'm not going to worry my life just because I haven't got a hump on my back. Astray on the road to Madeleine. 
Is it true that your lawyer called you up and advised you to sue yourself for Here Comes the Moon? I mean, is that true, No, George? no, no. No, no? Didn't no. say to you to sue yourself? Because those two, two tunes aren't anything alike anyway. It was a joke, George. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, well, but, I mean, things like that can happen. No, that's like the Ruttles, you know, he sued himself by mistake. Breath is always taken when it's new. 
about soft-hearted Hannah, George, which is, if this is an ode to the mushroom, <laughs> I ain't sitting here. It is. <laughs> I must admit. Okay. That is one of the finest uh, God creations in the world, though, I'll have to say. That. Yeah, but I tell you, I have to be a bit careful because they're so good. Yeah. The difference between an acid when you feel half of you is feeling elated and the other half is feeling physically rotten and ooh, you know jumping about that stuff is very organic you know it sort of felt great everything's in perfect focus and even the physical body feels good but because i felt good i just kept on eating them oh yeah all day i i nearly did myself in i had too many and uh, i fell over and left left my body Oh, yeah? Fell over and hit the head on a piece of concrete. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they were great. But that was a, you know, a little dum-dum-dum. Uh, a little know, lesson there. It was. Now, there's this line in here about the lone ranger smoking doobies said you're breaking all the rules. Yeah, because in the place on Maui, there's this seven pools yeah, where seven. everybody goes skinny dipping. But you're not supposed to because the tour buses come, the hula hula buses come up with all the tourists on. So there's a ranger who's around there and he sort of tells people to get their clothes on. It was just all the various little things that had happened on that trip around uh, Maui. You know, and, it, and then I need some lyrics, you know. So uh, that's it, the Lone Ranger telling them to put the clothes on. Anybody want some refreshments? Down. I felt 
so far from the ground I'd stood up My legs seemed to me like high-rise buildings My head was high up in the sky My skin was on me Somebody old here and asked that I come for And had me to see me up on Harry as a lawyer Somebody surfing to pretend I hadn't heard There was someone beside me swimming like Richard III I'm still smiling song closes out side one. Harrison told Rolling Stone magazine that he was a bit embarrassed by it because it was so catchy. To tell you the truth, I was a bit embarrassed by it. It was so, it seemed like it was so catchy and it, it seemed like uh, I was a bit embarrassed to play it to anybody. You know, I thought, God, it's, it's a bit too obvious. George goes on to say that he was in the garden and it was pouring down with rain. It was a miserable day pouring with rain and um, we're having a few leaks in the roof of the house and all that sort of stuff. And suddenly he became aware that he was feeling rather depressed, being affected by the weather. It's important to remember that although everything around you changes, the soul within remains the same. If you apply positive thought, even down to something like if you say to me, hey, make me some coffee, if I think, sure, 
that energy is there to do it. But if I think, oh God, can't you get it yourself? It drains you, the negative thought. And it's that simple. If you think, oh God, I've, you know, I've got no, what can I do? It, my life's a misery and all that. As you're thinking that, you're actually putting fuel onto that negative draining aspect. Whereas, and this is hard, I'm not saying I can do it, but it's something that when you realize it, you can at least try and correct yourself all the time. Got to t- 
Horse Records released Blow Away as a single on February 14th as well. It reached number 16 in the U.S. Billboard charts. In the song called Faster, which starts the album out, is this like uh, a... Yeah, that starts side two. Starts side two out. That's the story really on that tune is that since I was a kid, like 12 years old, I got into motor racing and motorcycle racing. Not actually racing myself, but as a spectator. And there was a track, racetrack in place I was born, Liverpool, where they had uh, the Grand Prix races from time to time. So that, I started doing that when I was about 12, just before I got into the guitar. It was always interesting to see in other areas in life who was wearing the long hair. And in motor racing, Jackie Stewart became the world champion in, I think, 1968. And he was the, the first guy with long hair and who had opinions, and he was a big Beatle fan. I had a book that Jackie Stewart had written, which was called Faster. So I thought, good, that's the title. <laughs> so I lifted, I lifted the title, and once I got the title, I was away, see, because I didn't want to write in a way, you know, first gear, you know, right, second gear. <laughs> so I tried to write in a way that was like a story, and it would also relate to people who weren't into motor racing. The only thing that limited is the sound effects that I put on later.
guys, Nicky Ladder and Mario Andretti and those. I played them the song and they were amazed. They were saying, you know, I think they were, because they see people come to the races and they see some famous people coming and, you know, but that's it. I think they were amazed how, you know, they were saying, that's it, that's exactly what it's about, what it's like. It also seemed to me like it could be, and I know no one's ever tried to read anything in your lyrics, George, but <laughs> uh, almost like a metaphor for, it could be a metaphor for other walks of life, like the Eagles' Desperado. Yeah, was exactly, well, that's why I, I tried to, I mean, I thought a long time about how to write it so it wouldn't just be a corny tune. and. Uh, so, I mean, it's more like it could be applied to anybody or any type of life or situation where somebody's successful, except it's limited then to the racing when you put the sound effects of the cars on it. The success for me has been being able to keep saying and keep on the one thing that I plugged into, because I'm sure people thought it was a fad too, for me, Indian music, India, the spiritual thing, you know, okay. But I tell you, that's stronger now with me than ever it was. Like the first Indian raga I ever heard, I can play that tune today, and I can enjoy it twice as much as I did back in 1965.
same subject in the song, If You Believe. You say, get up, you have all you need, oh, and pray. Pray, right? give up, and it all recedes away from you. I don't know if you ever, you must have heard Lord Buckley. Mm -hmm. You know, well, there was a, a thing he did called God's Own Drunk. No, no, quite. I think it was that. Anyway, it was some, one of Lord Buckley's things, and he was talking about love. He said, love is like a beautiful garden, and when you use it, it spreads, but when you don't, it recedes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. So when you make an effort to do something, just like today, I could have easily stayed yeah. in bed and not come to do this interview. <laughs> but instead, you know, I thought, no, I can do it. I'll get up, I can do it. And it's just that simple. So get up, you have all your needs. Give up, and it all recedes away from you. It was produced by Harrison and Russ Tittleman, engineered by Phil McDonald. The LP reached number 14 in the U.S. Billboard charts and number 12 in the U.S. Cashbox Top 100 Albums of 1979. Back in New York City near Lennon's apartment on West 72nd Street, Beatles fan Paul Gorish returns to wait for John. I remember me? 
Yeah, you were the fellow come to repair the VCR. Right. It'll okay. just take a minute. No, look, I let you in my apartment. I signed your book. I don't want you to take my photo. Leave me alone. So I figured, well, if he's not going to stop and let me get a picture, I could probably get a telephoto lens, stand across the street from him, follow him, take a few pictures of him. He'll never be any the wiser. And he doesn't get upset. I have my pictures and everybody will be happy. What are you doing? I said no pictures, and you're taking pictures again. It's just one picture. What is one picture going to do? Look, just it's give me gonna, the film. I'm not going to give you the film. It's just one picture. Give what me the gonna, film. Hey, give stop, me the film. You're the taking cameras. my... I said, what are you so worked up for? He said, you said to me you were a fan. He said, if you're a fan, give me the film. I said, I am a fan. I said, and I only want the pictures because I am a fan. He says, well, if you're a fan, then leave me alone. Fine. Process it. And if you like them, send me a copy, okay? Right. I said no pictures. And I was just disgusted at, you know, now he's mad again. Why don't they leave us alone? Saturday, February 24th, and Sunday, February 25th, at New York City's Americana Hotel, the 5th Annual Beetle Fest is held. This year's special guests include Klaus Foreman, musician, friend, and bassist of many of John, George, and Ringo's albums, as well as the artist and creator for the Beatles album cover, Revolver. Lou O'Neill Jr., writer and columnist for the New York Post and Circus Magazine, Nicholas Schaffner, author of the book The Beatles Forever, 
and Wally Pedrozic and Harry Castleman, authors of the book All Together Now. WPLJ's DJ Jimmy Fink is the master of ceremonies with music by the band Liverpool. A splendid time is guaranteed for all. On February 25th, George celebrates his 36th birthday. Speaking, I'd like to thank you for all the birthday cards and presents and everything, too. March 7th. In the latest issue of Rolling Stone magazine, it is reported that John Lennon had split $40 million in songwriting royalties with Paul McCartney. The money came from the recent Sgt. Pepper film and other media entertainment ventures. Also in New York, Lennon asked Fred Seaman to go down to Greenwich Village and purchase a copy of every Beatles and Lennon bootleg album he can find. John boasted on having the biggest Beatles bootleg collection. In America, on March 16th, on the CBS television network, and with FM radio station WPLJ simulcasting in stereo, MPL Communications present the film Wings Over the World. Enjoy the Wings special coming up next. Presented in full stereo on WPLJ, 95.5 FM, New York's best rock. This special presentation is taken from the successful Wings Over America tour from 1976. Special presentation. This portion sponsored by Budweiser, the king of beers. When you say Bud, you've said it all. And by Tickle. Tickle with the big round ball and the four fresh fragrances. Most people think of you as being a very rich man who presumably would have no need at all to, to perform before a live audience ever again. You could just go well, back I'll to your... Well, I'll tell you, uh, we were in Nashville, and have you ever heard of a guitar player called Jerry Reed? He's a really good American. And we were talking to him, and I was saying that I was going to go on the road. And he said, man, if I was Paul McCartney, I'd buy the road. <laughs> Tell you what, do you fancy a little bit of rock and roll? You got it! surprises and you certainly did it tonight well there you go Spock. yeah it's true to his word on march 21st john yoko sean and helen seaman fly to florida for a getaway vacation in palm beach Yoko had rented an oceanfront home there known as El Solano. Bonsoir, Madame and Monsieur. 
Comment allez-vous Je me lève à cette heure aujourd'hui. Le pomme du terre, Alice Cooper. Mon léger chanson, elle est léger bougère. La main, tu les enfuis. L'amour, c'est mon tempo. On s'est concis sans l'envie. Voici votre mourir à la mer. Mon Dieu, mon Dieu, mon Dieu. Tu l'aimes avec yeux et mon, mon chevau, mon château, mon tasse de thé, mon sédentaire. L'amour, mon chou, tu les ans, ma c'est là mon chant. On s'éprend tous les oblèques Mon chien dans ses bons, en ses épreuves, je me l'épreuve du terre. Ma chérie, ma poupée, mon lit poupée. Do you remember when we were in the cafe and you left me? You could not find your gut here because it was around your little throat, you naughty little sherry. <laughs> Thank heaven for little birds. Yourself, you get yourself diseased. La la la. Alone, you'll be standing alone without a dog or a bone. Without a reasonable chance of recovery. Besides, for every boy and girl, there's just one love in this old world, and I, 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 off am mine, boy, oh boy, off am mine, oh, this is thrilling. Just one kiss from your sweet lips tells me no one can ever split your P's or Q's or African shipping. 
The couple's new assistant, Fred Seaman, drove the Lennon's Mercedes-Benz wagon down from New York to Palm Beach. It was loaded with clothes and other supplies. On March 23rd in America, Columbia Records released the single Goodnight Tonight by Wings. This is the first McCartney recording issued by Columbia since Paul had left Capitol Records last year. Don't get too tired for 
The single went up the charts to number five in America and in the UK. By signing with Columbia, McCartney had become the highest paid recording artist in the music industry. What does she get for all the love she gave you? There on the ladder of later on March 26th, a 12-inch extended mix of the single Goodnight Tonight was issued in America on Columbia Records. Coming up in a moment, Beatles fan Paul Gorish returns again to the Dakota. John, uh, what do you want I, this time? I don't have my camera, I don't have my camera. I, and I said, I John, I just want to talk to you for a minute. Look, you come up to me. I'll you know, I never meant to cause you any grief. The Beatles play together on stage. And it was funny because we walked into this big tent and there's a stage there. And I said to him, oh, great, who's playing? And he said, you are. <laughs> 
and Wings release a new LP. When you've done, like you say, 15 albums since the Beatles, they can't all be good. Next on Yesterday and Today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's wonderful. Thank you, thank you. No, no, really, really, next time, next time. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts yesterday and today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. Wow. (laughs) And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show yes some fun apparel things you can put on yourself are we going to be selling marks and spence underwear (laughs) don't worry we will You can head to our social media pages. That's Facebook.com slash Yesterday and Today Podcast or Facebook.com slash Third Men. Or you could head to Society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's Society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. (laughs) Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we need your help. Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.